Oh. Oh yeah. Coming up on this week's show. <laughs> I can't stop drinking. One thing I will say, it tastes exactly like it smells. If they get it bad, they're freaking idiots. Out of everything, it's probably a bit forgettable. It's like drinking ice cream. In this week's episode, we discuss the most expensive video game ever sold at an auction, Sasha Baron Cohen's legal battle, England's loss at the Euros, and of course, Island's Edge, Heineken's new stout. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode. You are of course listening to the Craft Beer and Current Affairs podcast. Thank you to everyone who downloaded our last two episodes. Uh, I am genuinely surprised that so many people have, but it's great and we're here again. So let's get straight into it. I'm your host Noel Fahey and today I have Colin with me. Hello guys, what's coming up this week, Noel? This week we are going to do Red Ales, Colin. Are you excited? Can't wait. We're going to be doing Franciscan Wells Brewery. They have a Red Ale called Rebel Red. We're also going to be doing Wicklow Wolf's Wildfire Hoppy Red Ale. And also we will be doing Yellow Belly's Red Noir. That's a personal favourite of mine. So look the showstopper right the there. The showstopper. Hopefully. Uh, what order are we taking these in? I think we're going to do Wicklow Wolf first, Colin. Is that right? That sounds good to me. Now. Right, so before we get into the drinking, let's have a look at the can here, Colin. What are we looking at? Classic Wicklow Wolf. Yeah. Wolfy can. Wolfy can. <laughs> There's plenty of wolves on that anyway. Yes, indeed. Yeah. And obviously a nice nice red. Mm-hmm. Shows you what you're drinking. Yeah. P- pretty, pretty nice can. Is there anthem on the back? Did they do a story? They do, of course, oh, do a story. I love it when a can has a bit of a background on it. So they have their own background and they also have a background on the, the red ale. So for those of you not familiar with Wicklow Wolf, at Wicklow Wolf, our mission is to brew exceptional beers without compromise and with true passion independently brewed for independent minds we are locally rooted and at one with nature brewing beers in a sustainable way wildfire hoppy red ale is not your typical red this is a modern hoppy ale with a malty caramel and chocolate base with plenty of hop character the single hop sriracha ace provides hints of coconut Lemon and a touch of oak, creamy herbal finish with hints of malty sweetness. Okay, so there's a lot, a lot going, going on, on there. there. Okay. So caramel and chocolate base. Not often you get a chocolate base on a on a red ale, or maybe no. I'm I'm wrong. Hints of coconut, lemon, and a touch of oak. I think without further ado, okay. So when we poured it, there was a bit of a head in it, mm-hmm. and after maybe about maybe about seven or eight seconds, the head dissipates. So yeah. it's it's flat on the head at that stage. So what kind of smell are you getting there? Yeah, I'd go caramelly for yeah, me anyways. Definitely caramelly. Not smelling any coconut or lemon, yeah, I must say. I don't know. There's no overpowering taste on that actually. No, that? it's yeah. quite smooth and yeah. mellow. There's a small bit of a foamy texture to it. But it's really easy to drink actually. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, quite an easy drinker <laughs> yeah. that one. Though. I can't stop drinking it. I didn't get the chocolate yet. No. I think the smell is more so there. Yeah. Anyway, let's get into it. What's been happening in the week? What caught your eye? One particular thing caught my eye, and all me being an avid gamer, and I suppose oh, yeah. you, you, you're, you're, I'm fond of playing you're partial games. to yeah, games yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah, so I noticed this week that the record was broken twice for most expensive video game ever sold. Oh, interesting! So, most expensive game ever sold. Yes. So this was at, at an auction. The record holder now, an unopened Super Mario sixty four 
went for roughly 1.5 million. Ooh. So that's been in the box unopened, I think, 26 years now. So is that from Nintendo 64? Nintendo 64, yeah. Jesus. So. But like, no, I'm pretty sure I could go down to like to the local entertainment exchange yes. and get a copy of Super Mario from Nintendo 64. Now, it's not unopened. See, this is it. This is the collectible aspect. But is it worth aspect. that? I, I, I get the collectible concepts, yeah. The whole thing. Wow. It's not going to be opened. This, this new owner is just going to have it there. This, that's <laughs> the whole point. And if I am not mistaken, Nintendo, since the beginning of history of video games, have the highest selling units. So more yes. than, oh, than PlayStation or Xbox or... Sega, that's the other yeah, one. Yeah. Yes, they're like the, the obviously they have all the classic, the, yeah. the classic games consoles. The N sixty four, you have your SNES, your NES, all that. They're kind of game stuff. changers. They don't go with the run of the mill. So oh, Xbox no. and PlayStation, yeah, you can you can count them more or less the same. But yeah. Nintendo have been pretty much innovators in the sense of they did Wii, they did stick Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, exactly. The, the probably precursor to all that kind of thing. Cartridges were a big thing at that point. Yeah, this is this game was a cartridge, yeah. original cartridge, yeah. unopened, still in its security tag. How? Where did that even come from? I I don't know how it lasted that long, but it, an interesting one is um, the original holder. I think it was back in April. It was a Super Mario Brothers game. It was for the, the original NES, so it went for six hundred and sixty k. Apparently, a Chris, it was a Christmas present back in nineteen eighty six that got put in a desk and forgotten about. <laughs> That's one of the That's, best Christmas yeah, presents nice, ever. Nice. You can buy all the shares and stocks you want and sit in them and hope for them to rise, but I don't think they're rising that no, much. There you go. So, so, how many years ago would that have been? The 1986, that's what? That's 40? 40 roughly years ago. 20, Excuse yeah. me, man. Pretty old desk, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, how was the desk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh my God. At the same auction that Super Mario was actually sold at, oh, the day before, the record was broken as well. So, another Nintendo game, The Legend of Zelda, for the NES was sold for around 800k and going into the auction I think they thought oh yeah this is the one that's going to break the million and when that missed it they thought oh no we're going to have to wait for ages boom the very next day apparently this whole collectible game thing is it's kind of starting into a bit of a bubble now where it's yes taken off obviously at them prices yeah, yeah do you have any old nintendo 64 games there that you want to pawn off or anything like that unfortunately no i certainly don't have any unopened games i'll tell you that <laughs> so. and what's snes i haven't come across SNES. so that was the one before nintendo, nintendo 64 oh, okay yeah. and was I, that cartridge as well i assume it was cartridge yeah, yeah. yeah cartridge it's mad to think how you like play games on such limited systems in yeah, one sense even the game boy it was like a yeah. tiny square i remember playing pokemon on that bad boy <laughs> so you getting anything extra from mm. this as you're drinking it i am starting to get a bit more of a caramelly texture and and taste yeah really, as the more i'm drinking it but, but it's still nothing overpowering yeah or anything it's, like it's that. solid it's like nice neutral. hot day yeah. yeah have you ever drank anything else from wicklow wolf before i have i've drank a few different things so they do a gluten-free i don't know is that a lager an ipa which is not bad Oh, I think it is a lager, yes. And I've actually had their... It's an oatmeal stout, I think. They have a, yes, a stout, they do which is quite nice. Stout. I quite enjoyed that. How about yourself? Yeah, I've had a few things. Their elevation pale ale is very nice. It'd be great if it was in Wicklow and I could get down there and get like loads of actual fresh, proper pints. Yeah, on tap. Uh, on, yeah. T- on tap, yeah, exactly. Here in Galway, there isn't too many places that do it. Yeah. But one place it did do elevation on draft. That was amazing. They do quite a lot of good seasonals. I have a few of them there. So that brings us on to our second story, Colin. And would you believe Ali G is not a fan of smoking weed. 
That seems a bit contradictory, if you yeah, ask me. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> well, our second story is uh, Sasha Baron Cohen has initiated legal action against a U.S cannabis dispensary in massachusetts so basically this dispenser of cannabis used borat's image with his thumbs up saying it's nice so that's on a nice big billboard there in massachusetts advertising for this dispensary because he actually has said he has never smoked cannabis and that he does not believe it's healthy the funny thing is that when they were asked, they gave the response that they didn't believe he would see the billboard. They just took a gamble. Chance. They chance. just chanced it. Now, he said that Ali G is more of a mockery of the cannabis culture. It's not something that he believes in. Fair enough. Yeah, which yeah. is fair enough, yeah. And I believe him. I do believe him. Yeah, yeah. you could say he might he runs the risk of being compared to Disney. I know Disney have done this a lot where oh, yeah. someone uses a image of Mickey Mouse. Oh, some crash yes. somewhere and they're all yeah. over them. Ah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely, know. yeah. I'd say it's legit that he doesn't actually use cannabis because, like, if he did, why would he care? He might take legal action against them of saying, oh, like, use my image without the rights, which is fair enough. Yeah. He's going down the line of saying that he doesn't actually smoke cannabis and never has and never wants that and doesn't believe it's healthy and he doesn't want to be associated with promoting that sort of, of culture, which That's is fair, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, it's a, it's a fair point, you know. He's, he's objecting because of what they're advertising as opposed to using his image yes yeah so so we're about to get into the ratings the you know the hard truths okay Mm. so we've got three ratings the rating of red ales compared to all the red ales that you've ever drank out of 10 what would you give it then you also have the ratings out of 10 compared to all drinks that you've ever drank so across any of the different styles and then finally a rating on drinkability so would you be able to drink three or four of them or five or six of them or whatever you so wish? That's a very important rating because if you were to go with like... A bit of a, a sesh. Yeah, yeah, if you were to go with a big heavy imperial stout, you wouldn't be drinking five or six of them now. You'd be on the floor Indeed. fairly quick. First up, within the red ale category, Colin, what would you give that out of 10? So compared to every red ale you ever drank. I would give that a solid seven. Yeah. You know, nothing okay. spectacular, but I'd happily drink another one, I think. For me... Out of all reds I've ever drank, yeah, I would definitely be sitting on a 7 or an 8, so I'm going to go 7.5 on that. There wasn't any crazy, no dirty aftertaste, which you no. can get on some of them. Yeah, that's um, true. Isn't the best that I've ever drank, but it's far from being average and far from being bad. So then that brings us into the overall rating out of everything you've ever drank on. Now, it's a tough one. This is a tough one. I think... I'd go down to maybe a 5.5, a 6 here, just because out of everything, it's probably a bit forgettable. You know, it's nothing, there's nothing outstanding about it. So, yeah. So, out of everything I've ever drank, I would probably give it a 6. Again, it's nothing amazing, but it's a good sort of drink. The things that are going to score high are going to be your imperial stout or something that has really unique taste i suppose that's not probably what this is trying yeah to it's, be. it's yeah exactly it's not yeah. trying to be it doesn't need to be it's not exactly. supposed to be yeah. and then drinkability now here, what yeah this is this here's is, where it's wind I, yeah i, I think I'm, so i'm going like 8 8.5 here this i, I uh, usually have plenty of these not I, bad. I, I could be talked up to a nine yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, no no problem they're beautiful for me on drinkability this 
is and this is definitely a nine. Ooh, nice. L- yeah, like <laughs> flew through that. Yeah, absolutely flew through that, and I couldn't get enough. Even when we first opened it and took our sips, it wasn't a sip. You went, oh, that was. Oh, and then it's you went gulf. again. Yeah, yeah, and you went for a second, a third, straight away. So that is Wicklow Wolf's Hoppy Red Ale. It is four point six percent. Comes in a four forty mil. And uh, a good solid one by Wicker Wolf, who genuinely, I, I don't think I've had that bad. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, everything I've had from them, I've enjoyed. Well done, Wicker Wolf. Yes. Right, what do we have next, Colin? So next we have from the Franciscan Well Brewery, Rebel Red. A nice kind of, I suppose, hint to the fact that Franciscan is in it. It looks very kind of traditional can. A little bit of red going on there. The nice Franciscan Well logo, which I, I really like. And I, I probably... Not as much detail as we'd say Wicklow Wolf. Which can do you prefer? I prefer Wicklow Wolf because even the feel of it, you yes. can feel the graphic. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That. The trend in in craft beer right now is a really good solid can. Yeah. Wicklow Wolf, it's got that, exactly that kind of texture. You can that, feel the logo. like in, It's almost like a grain that, yeah. that's on it. Graphics on top of graphics. So they're kind of like a, a background, which is like a mountain, which is obviously Wicklow Mountains. And then you've got kind of a faint of wolves here and there. And then on top of that, you've actually the writing and the stronger Wicklow Wolf logo mm-hmm. so compared to that can what way is it feeling it's just like your normal it's just, yeah generic. your standard can yeah. I think probably purposely it's like nice simple but yeah it's it's, it's probably a, a bit more on the generic side is there anything on the can what does the can tell us we should be looking out for there is indeed so there's a nice bit on the Rebel Red so a true son of Cork the Rebel County Rebel Red is proud to be different to have its own opinion its own unique taste it's always more interested when you're with the Rebel so oh. on tasting notes Beautifully amber in colour with caramel and a hint of hop on the palate. Oh, there's cream everywhere. Okay. There we go. (laughs) Straight away, I think there's a bit more of a kind of a foamier head on it, isn't there? Yeah, there's a head on that now by comparison, yeah. Yeah. Now, it is dissipating fairly quick again, but yeah, once I opened that can, like a big shot of foam came up over it. a lot more action. Yeah, there was definitely a lot more action, so... Oh, it's a very different t- yeah, smell, isn't it? But there's no car- it's not as caramelly. It's very no. almost like wheaty or something. Yeah, it's more of a traditional beer kind yeah, of smell, isn't yeah. there? I think it smells creamy. That's that could be it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe we're smelling the bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah. it might not actually be creamy now. One thing I will say, it tastes exactly like it smells. Yeah, <laughs> there's no overpowering taste. No. I think it's a bit drier, is it? It is. I, I, it dries your tongue out a bit quicker. It's definitely not getting caramel, I think. I think there is more caramel in the last one. Yeah. A bit more hop here, all right. It's drier. I think it's, it's, it's definitely yeah, drier. It goes drier is, quicker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So while we are getting to grips with the flavours that come out as we drink through, uh, did you bring any other stories to us this week, Colin? Well, we have to talk about it, don't we? What do we have to talk the, about? The night, the night football did not come home. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever do you mean? <laughs> was there a final on? Euro 2020 final. Euro 2020. Who was in the final? So England versus Italy. England versus Italy. And uh, where was it played? In Wembley. In middle Wembley. of London, yeah. Okay, so England were England Central. hosting the Euros? It was actually spread across most of Europe. But I believe 90% of England's games were it actually happened to be in Wembley. Were so all of them, I think. No, It could well have been all of them. I yes. think it might have been I, all of them, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. Okay. Definitely all their knockout games were... Interesting. So the home advantage got them to the final. Uh, they won, I assume, did they? No, they did not. So oh. Italy, which in fairness, they were the best team, I think, Okay. in the tournament. 
and they actually won it, which isn't always the case. They were a bit of a fan favourite by the end. Yeah, the way Italy played, I think a lot of people got on board with it. The fact that their manager just looks so cool all the time. He's what? Like, who's their manager? Roberto Mancini. So he oh, has okay. these like, perfectly, perfect suits, perfectly fitted. He's like a classic Italian guy. Okay, you know? okay, okay, all right, okay. Everything so he's did. a bit of eye candy there on the side. Oh, yeah, fact, yeah. <laughs> Silver Fox, like, you know. Oh, is he? <laughs> And uh, so what was the score? Did it go to extra time? Did it go to penalties? Yes, so it ended up one all, went all the way to penalties. So okay. yeah, the, the bane of, of English football, penalties. Oh yes, yes, they've had uh, several encounters with the yes. old penalty shootout. One stat I took away from the final, England have never beaten Italy at a knockout game in, in, a, a, tournament. in a tournament, which I couldn't believe. Wow, yeah. okay. Penalty shootout, what was the penalty shootout like? It was good, it was dramatic. So first... I think first kick Italy miss England are like right we're, we're sorted here I think England scored their next two they're all happy out yeah we're sorted Italy scored their next two and the funny thing was last few minutes of extra time they brought on two guys specifically to take penalties sorry okay hold on who brought on two people specifically England. so England brought yeah. on two people two strikers so they brought off I think that's a, that's a good tactic a center, that makes yeah, perfect sense yeah, take logical. off what centre backs wing backs centre back and possibly midfield okay, I think yeah, you know? that makes perfect yeah, sense yeah, yeah okay. it's logical they didn't get too much time on the pitch now like they probably didn't even get a kick of the ball okay but as it transpired they missed the next two penalties they, they, they didn't do their only that's job so interesting yeah um, because it's a good point that could it be simply because they literally weren't on the pitch long enough? They hadn't gotten the, the head, their head into the game. The cool. muscles weren't twitching as fast as they should be. Do you know? Yeah, it could even be like these guys in their head. They're like, okay, this is my only job. I can't miss. I can't miss. <laughs> this is why I'm here. Yeah, you know, the other guys... So they have, shit their britches, basically. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. The other guys have played 120 minutes of football. You know, you give them a bit of leeway, but... I'll ask you this question. Yes. So... If you were out on the pitch, right, literally at training, you walked out onto the pitch and then just went straight up to the goal, goalkeeper stand there, and were like, okay, I'll kick it in a penalty. You took five of them, right? Right. And then the alternative, you played your, maybe even just did 20 minutes. So you had 20 minutes and then said, Asher, do you know what? We'll do a few penalties. You went up and took five penalties. Which of the five do you think you get the most of? I don't know. I don't know. Would there be a difference? I think I would do better if I played 20 minutes. But look, it's Wembley. They've been there many times, so I suppose maybe they should, that shouldn't have been a thing. But anyways, that's interesting. So England lost, so everyone went home quietly and went into their beds and cried and had a quick beer well, before they went to bed. The, or... in, the interesting thing, I don't think there was actually much trouble after the match, oh, but okay. a lot of fans actually stormed Wembley security, so no idea, no one knows how many people were actually at the match because a lot of fans broke in. Oh, okay, so the match still went ahead, obviously. Yeah, this was only, I think it was only reported at halftime, maybe. Oh, on, uh, well, only halftime on the BBC, anyway. Was it just that at halftime they had stopped coming in and like... <laughs> Possibly. Time, time to send yeah. a message, but all right. With that as well, I think there was a lot of actual scuffles because obviously these fans needed, these people who broke in needed seats to sit on. And uh, Oh, yes. There was fans already in there with tickets and seats. So obviously there's going to be a bit of a disagree- disagreement yeah. there. So yes, of course. Plenty of, I can only imagine yes, so. how, how that went down. It could be a case of the times because, look, how much can Wembley hold? Probably oh, I think 50, 80, 100,000? Yeah, yeah. Maybe? With COVID restrictions, probably only a fraction of that 
were there. I think, yeah, it was, al- was it either 20 or 40,000 was allowed, but yeah. yeah. The, the demand is going to be very high and you've got so many people who would see this as their only opportunity. Yeah, yeah. England are going to win. I'm going to see, see them win. England win. Yeah. Um, and yeah, then I, turns out they didn't. No. Was I, it worth it? Probably, yeah, probably probably still was I suppose yeah. <laughs> I seen one shout out to one of the security guards I seen the England crowd had by this time knocked over the barricades it was like the floodgates were opened he was still picking out the odd lad to kind of foot trip but then he let them off you know he was getting he was getting his say in so you yeah. know yeah he, do you think that would have happened in another country let's just say Italy were hosting maybe Italy isn't a good example they have a fairly the ultras ho- there, yeah. hooligan uh, sort of stereotype as well let's just say belgium belgium were in the final and they were also the host nation covid times only thirty thousand people are allowed into the stadium of eighty thousand. would the same thing have happened i mm, i would think not but it could possibly have i don't know i don't know was it down to lack of yeah, lack of availability, yeah, supply out wing demand, a bit like our first story where someone paid how much for uh, 1.5 million? 1.5 million for a Nintendo 64 game. When you gotta flaunt it. <laughs> yeah, true, true. And um, my instinct would be I don't think it would have happened in Belgium, yeah. but again, there's no way of knowing. Is there cases? So obviously the Champions League was on, I'm sure, at some point. Yes, that's true, actually. Did yeah. anything like that happen? No, that you're aware of? Well, there was nothing in the news. It was certainly nothing of that scale. And I think there was even less fans allowed in for that. So well, then maybe. I'm going to put it that, you know, there's no there's no excuse. There's been how many games, big important games throughout the whole last two years? Oh, yeah, loads. So yeah. And I'm, not that I'm aware of, there isn't that didn't happen. So the only one time it happened was I think there was a Man United match called off but that was an actual fan protest so slightly different circumstances I suppose so back to the most important thing Mm. the beer Colin is there anything different happening here it's going down I think like you said it's 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 drier it definitely is Again, it's not overpowering. No. But I think there's a stronger bitterness, maybe. Yeah, there is. There's a bit more of an after. Yeah, taste there's a bit more now. of an aftertaste. Yeah, yeah. I, I would definitely say. Even when we were talking there, now you could taste yeah. it in in your mouth there. Yeah. I don't think I'm drinking it as fast, but it is still no, nice. Definitely it is not. Definitely but, nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I think it's got more of a Smithwick's taste than, than the other yeah, one. Yeah, that's that's a good shout. Yeah. yeah. So I think that brings us to the important rating. We just did Wicklow Wolf. Wildfire Happy Red Ale. What are you doing with your reds for this Franciscan hmm. Well Rebel Red? I think I'd go with a six for this. I, th- I feel like I enjoyed the Wicklow Wolf more than more than this it feels like just a slightly not below it I think my view then overall what would you be giving it everything that you've ever drank I think I'd stick with a six as well it's kind of I'm I'm enjoying it but at the same time there's nothing standout-ish about it it's neutral and then drinkability no i think i'd go down to a seven it's still very easy to drink like you were saying a bit more of a bitter aftertaste what do you reckon all her where does it come on your scoreboards for for red ales um i think for reds i would definitely have to mark it below the wicklow wolf mm-hmm. so i'd probably be saying a six then when it comes to overall between 5.5 and 6 yeah you know i i kind of want to say five but it seems harsh it seems harsh but like again I'm going against everything I've ever yeah. drank you know I'll give it a, I'll, yeah I'll give it a 6 so it gets a 6 on the overall and then drinkability the aftertaste I know after a while I'd get sick of it 
I'd probably drop the drinkability down to a 7. A drop from the Wicked Wolf, but Wicked Wolf has definitely won the battle so far, I think. Yeah, it was it was a pretty good bear now that. So um time for the next one, right? Drum roll, please. Yes. I've recently had the Yellow Belly Red Noir and I really liked it. And one of the reasons why I thought it was a good idea to do the Red Ales next, hit a few against each other and see how it compares when you put one after the other. They all can taste good when they're singular and you're not drinking anything else. You gotta pit them together. You gotta get the war going. I always get excited with Red Yellow Belly simply because of their can. Oh, yeah, uh, they're yeah. can. They're like, the can. The artwork oh, on so that. Good. Try and describe that it's, can. Your words won't do it justice, but try. It's just straight out of a comic book. It, it looks like dark comic book version of Robin Hood with a feisty wench as well. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for a good measure. Yes. But it's also got kind of like of a futuristic yeah, theme it does, to it as yes, well. It's yes. like a big gear or something. Yeah, oh, is that there's, a tire? there's a big gear around and the lady there has a bit of a, metal, a robotic arm. Okay, Which yeah. I so never actually like spotted Robin before. Robin Hood meets... What, what, how do you describe it? A dark comic. Yeah, a noir comic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. It's in the name. Yeah. yeah. So you describe it. Robin Hood meets dark noir French comic with a futuristic twist. And does it taste like that, I wonder? We'll have to see. But even like, if you just examine it, even behind the main image there, there's just loads of artwork in the back. It really does take a bit of time looking at it to get the... No, I never noticed the the the, detail in the background. Yeah, it's really really cool. I've seen some really impressive cans, though, from Yellow Valley. Some of them are really cool. It's so good and amazing how you could look at a yellow belly can and if it didn't have any labeling on it didn't have any writing on it you would instantly know that that's from yellow belly yeah based on the style of the character and the style of the colorations on the can and everything yeah it's fantastic i think they more or less use the same kind of character as well now one thing one downside of this can column we yes. noticed it earlier is there isn't any story in the background when we like a story here at the uh, craft beer and current affairs yes, podcast indeed, we do yeah. like a good story on the back material. just gives the ingredients now to be fair it names the hop not all craft beers would have the name of the hops on it so what was used in this was cascade and Huel melon there's nothing on the can to say a little story about it now they do little comics which some people might know of so you can go to their website and download the comics based on each can so we chose to go onto the website to get a little bit about this can because it wasn't on the can <laughs> mild aromatics of sweet toasted malt and light smoke entices the drinker to this dark decadent red ale which follows a velvety smoke beer with a complimentary combination of chocolate and dark forest fruit flavors on the tongue that's the first one that gave dark fruits as yeah. one of the tasting notes one other thing on the can yeah that i think wicklow wolf are winning you can't feel it ah uh, yes you feel yes. like you, you feel like you should be able to <laughs> M- minor gripe because I it just looks so to well feel the, the feisty wench that, 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 that's definitely it okay yeah <laughs> that robotic arm is getting to me <laughs> Yes, okay. I yeah, I would agree in terms of texture, Wicklow Wolf have won the can war. Yeah. But in terms of overall artwork work, oh yeah. Yellow belly wing, Yeah, yeah. It's without like, question. Yeah. yeah and that like that's such a high standard in fairness. Yeah. I don't know of anyone that has such distinct cans like that. No. Like I'm thinking back to even some of their other beers and cans they have. They're all really cool. Like really, really, yeah. really good artwork. Yeah. You've got the Casper one, which is kind of a play on, um, what's his name? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. And Wilson. Him. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson. Um, they got him in there. A lot of breweries do have iconic cans, but just not the, the, the level. Like yeah. you said, you, you know it by looking at it. Yeah. That's the elevator. Any- 
So we've talked enough about the fucking cat. We've raved and raved and raved <laughs> and we haven't tasted it. We yet. haven't even tasted Okay, so instantly, what are you noticing there? Well, that the, is... The, the that head is, Yeah, much is bigger head. and creamier. Far it, darker. Oh, it is so much darker. It, it's, is, it is noir, even. <laughs> that's a noir red right there. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, just so we can reference everything for anybody who cared to listen this long. So, by now, the heads of Franciscan Wells' Rebel Red and Wicklow Wolf's was gone. Yeah. So... The head is still there. It's a big, thick, creamy head. It is, yeah. The other ones had dissipated after like five or six seconds. I'm still waffling. It still hasn't moved. I have a feeling that's going to stay there for a while. It's a save for a few sips, I think. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. So, it's a mix of sweet and not sweet. I think it's like the smell of the two previous combined. Yeah. With a little extra. There's a bit. Of, you can even smell darkness in. It's like you can get that chocolatey smell. What is that? It's, it's such a. There's a sweet smell. Is it not? Is it vanilla maybe? I don't think it's quite. It's like a mix of vanilla and caramel. Yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah, I know what you're yeah. getting at there. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely thicker than the other ones. Mm. No strong aftertastes. No overpowering taste. Oh. Is that a creamier version of Wicklow Wolf? That's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Because it is quite easy to drink as well. Mm. It doesn't have any aftertaste. Jeez, we're drinking. <laughs> Don't mind us. We're yeah. Doing this. yeah. <laughs> we're like warm mouthful <laughs> deep here. <laughs> you just want more. Oh, yeah. It's just... You yeah, just that's, that's just... It's, it's like a creamy lemonade. Glides on the palate, so it does, yeah. <laughs> right, well, I suppose... While we're enjoying that, getting surely we have another story. We have another story. The big one in the world of beer this week, Island's Edge. Heineken bring out Island's Edge. What I probably should have asked you at the beginning, Colin, was: Do you like basil? Hmm. Yes, I do. (laughs) Do you like tea? I'm. I'm a fan of tea. Okay. Would you like some basil in your tea? I don't know. I try it. I, I, I don't <laughs> How know. about some basil in your tea and that then in a pint of Guinness? So some basil tea flavored Guinness. Mm, you've lost me, no? You've lost me. <laughs> so that's what their key ingredients are. It is supposed to be their version or their attempt at taking some of the stout market back from Guinness. I'm all for anybody trying to take some market share from Guinness. They've got plenty of it, and there's nothing wrong with competition. That's why I love craft beer. That's why you love, love mm-hmm. craft beer, Colin. Yeah. Uh, what was your first impression? Initial, initially, skepticism, yeah. just because I know I think you probably, you, you guys talked about Hop House previously. Yes, yeah. um, kind of a sim. I, I feel like this is a similar kind of move. This they, they yes, see a yeah, chance there. Yeah. And it's also weird, like the fact Heineken, I think they own the brewing of Murphy's and Beamish. Which Two are good, solid beers. Yes. Nothing wrong with them. No, definitely not. So yeah. interesting that they're making another one instead of pushing pushing either of them. Yeah. So we will give it. I'll give a quick run through of, of the yes. bits and pieces here. Colin. Sell us. Sell us. Se- no. Se- oh, I'm selling you it, am I? Well, I haven't had it, so I can't okay. sell something okay. cute that I that I don't know anything about. I'm open to the possibility it could be very very good. Yep, that's true. There is no reason it shouldn't be good. Me and you both. Having drank extensive craft beers, know that there are plenty of alternatives to Guinness. Guinness is gorgeous, but there are plenty of alternatives to it. There are some that are better than it. There are some that are worse than it. So why the hell has nobody done it by now? Anyway, 
I am ranting, so let's just go through <laughs> it. So, Island's Edge is geared at 18 to 35s. What's oh, wrong with a 36-year-old? <laughs> he's out of luck. He's out of luck. <laughs> that poor 36-year-old, yeah. he's not going to enjoy it. No. So, geared at 18 to 35-year-olds, right? And when they were conducting their market research, Colin. Now, I'm a bit uh, condescending on this one because it's just stupid. From their research, they found that people can only drink one pint but not a second when it comes to drinking stouts. Now, I, for one, have had many occasions where I drank several pints of stout. Yes, Colin, indeed. Have you yes, had that indeed. situation? Yes, I have indeed, yes. So does that mean we're not the market for this new Heineken? That's, see, this is what has me sceptical. I, <laughs> I feel like they're kind of make going to make a very generic thing that will appeal to everyone but won't taste it much so like if anything might they possibly be helping guinness so this is your starter mm. to get onto guinness it's a interesting it's an easier version of guinness so your, you ga- start your, your gateway stout yeah <laughs> yes your gateway stout which will just put people onto guinness which is genuinely full of flavor and texture mm. and everything yeah so that was an interesting point anyway mm. wait for this so they spent two years working with with Kerry Foods using tasting panels to come up with, I guess, the final recipe for the beer. Uh, I don't know if it takes two years of tasting panels to make a good stout, but what do I know? Yeah. Okay. Now, I would agree that these people probably have to mass produce this beer, which is probably 10 times harder than making a small batch porter or stout. Yeah, fair point. So they spent two years researching all these flavors and they came up with two key ingredients, Colin. So they have tea added, apparently, to this uh, new Island's Edge. And they also have basil added to this Island's Edge stout, the alternative to Guinness. So, the tea. Why is there tea, may you ask, Colin, I hear? Valid question, I think. <laughs> so, the tea takes off the bitter edge. Um, When I describe a really good pint of Guinness... No, sorry. I might be feeding here. When you drink a really good pint of Guinness, do, what taste do you get, Colin? <laughs> The line that comes to mind anytime I drink yeah. a good pint again is yeah. it's like drinking ice cream. My, 100%. Like, I would agree. It's like drinking ice cream. Um, I don't like my ice cream bitter. So no. I don't think I would agree that you need to take a bitter edge of pints of Guinness. Yeah. Now, maybe they went, okay, let's get the worst pint of Guinness we can get. And if we can make it better than that... Well, we're winning. Yeah, that's a low low bar to be in Yeah, for. right? Yeah. Um, I've never described a good pint of Guinness as bitter. But anyway, so the tea is to take off the bitter edge. Grand. Basil is to add freshness. Yeah, look, fair enough. Okay. I can see that, yeah. I, can... I don't think I've ever had any craft beer basil stuff. No, that's, I was going to say, I can see it. I can't picture, or I can't imagine how it would taste. I just... Yeah, um, I can picture the basil part being put in, the, in a stout. No problem. Look... I have no doubt it'll be good. I genuinely think it will be good. There's no reason they shouldn't be. They've had two years of tasting panels, worked with Kerry Foods. You know, Heineken aren't stupid. They've, they've done yeah. their market research. Yep. No doubt tasted it themselves. They've no doubt bought a few pints of Guinness and, and, and tasted it compared to that. Like, it doesn't take a genius to do that. Now, here's a question, right? Mm-hmm. If you were the team that were creating Island's Edge and you said... Fuck it, lads, right? We've been at this flash two years. What's it like? Pint of Guinness, Island's Edge. Is it better than Guinness? Is it equal to Guinness? Is it a little bit less than Guinness, right? Even a little bit less than Guinness. We can throw a lot of money at this. We'll still do it. 
I think, think so. I think, and that's probably actually where they're aiming for. Because oh, okay. I think your earlier point, okay, this is a kind of entry level stout. That's probably the kind of niche they're trying to hit. They're trying to take the bitterness off because people sometimes say, "Oh, it, you have to develop a taste for Guinness." True. They're get, they're getting rid of that altogether. You don't need to develop a taste because there's no bitterness now. So maybe that's exactly what they're aiming for. But then do you run the risk of people then discovering Guinness and never going back? Or is it get them early, get them when they're young? Yeah, I think that's that's their whole aim, I think, here. <laughs> they're like, right, if, if they're going to end up with Guinness, but they, they're going to start with us. They mightn't, they mightn't even move on to Guinness. They mightn't ever develop a taste. Or so, Yes, that's know. a very good point. I, for one, am looking forward to it. I don't understand why they're being awkward about it, where it's only available in Dublin. And then it's there for a few months and then they'll give it to everyone else. How many old man bars in, you know, the rest of the country where Guinness is the staple diet? Are they not deservant of the new island's edge? I wonder, could it be something even small? Like maybe they have like, oh, we'll give them this, see what it's like. We have some kind of adjustments we might make depending on feedback. Uh, I don't know, maybe it's a broader market market research. I don't know. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Now, then, suppose the other side is it's aged at 18 to 35. Old man pubs, maybe not. But I'm not 35 yet. You're not 35 yet. I think, yeah. We drink Guinness. So why don't we deserve to be uh, tried for this? But anyway. Safe to say we probably both will be trying it. I'm looking forward to trying it. I, I, I don't think it'll be bad. Like, there's no reason why it should be bad. If they get it bad, then they're freaking idiots. I don't think it'll be bad. I just don't think it'll be bland is not the word, but like, just like, yeah, bland. Just yeah. meh. In, in the press release, it was said that it's creamier than Pint of Guinness. That's, no, that's an interesting. That's a good selling point, in my opinion. Because yes. the best Pint okay, of Guinness. You're getting closer to the yeah, ice cream. Exactly. Yeah, best Pint of Guinness are the creamy ones. I don't understand why nobody else has made the move. Like Beamish and Murphy's. Murphy's is big down in Cork. Beamish is really nice, but nobody pushed it. They don't push. Well, that's Heineken, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's strange. It is strange. So, yeah. So, Heineken aren't short of a few bobs. Throw a bit of marketing yeah. at Beamish. So, back to our Yellow Belly Red Noir, Colin. Are you getting any additional um, tasting notes? Anything extra there? I'm getting a kind of a malty aftertaste now mm. and loving it. It's, oh, it's so nice. Definitely a richer texture yeah, than, than both of them. It's easy to drink. Uh, it, it's like Wicklow Wolf with a little bit of extra. Uh, yeah, that little extra. Yeah, whatever oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. A little something. That the, X factor. Yeah, there that you go. That noir factor. Exactly. But and the head is still a little bit there. There's still something there. It's not totally flat like yeah. the other ones. So The other ones w- went flat yeah. fairly quick, yeah. And I must say, I've had a pint of this on draft as well. Oh, excellent. Where yes. did you get this on draft? Down in Limerick. Crew Brewing in Limerick. A oh. Unbelievable microbrewery. Okay. I only found, about, I found out about the day before we went down. So yeah, they have... They make the, I think they have a few taps of their own and they happen to have this as well so I could not not try it. <laughs> and uh, then on draft what was it like? Good as that? Is yeah it? at the time I put it down as it was nicer on draft because I had tasted it in a can beforehand and I thought oh yeah draft is another step up again. One thing I did notice it didn't have I don't even think it had as much of a head as that. Interesting. Which, which was interesting like it didn't look too appealing in terms of because there was no head it looked a bit flat but it was just beautiful to drink yeah. Although I don't know if um I'd be able to drink as many as I would with Wicklow Wolf. Possibly. Now, yes. we, we have had three pints, so Which... that might make it harder to gauge that. Okay, so we've waited long enough, Colin, so what are we giving the ratings on this? Do you think this is the best of the night for you within the words? 
Yes, I would put this number one on the night, I think. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. In terms of can and taste. <laughs> it's a winner all around. I give it a nine within the res and possibly even a 9.5. It's yeah. right up there. It's right up there. Yeah. Then overall, out of everything you drank now. So I'm sure it's going to drop a bit when it comes to everything. I would, you I would still go eight. Very good. Yes, yeah. yes. And drinkability. So do you reckon would you sink three or four of them? I have it level with Wicklow Wolf on an eight as well. I I, I know what you mean about... It is a bit heavier. Yeah, it's it is. It's got a bit of a stronger taste. But it's that but bit it's more nice. enjoyable. So... Not yourself, Noel. <laughs> Where is it landing? For me, on red ales, I'm going to give it a seven. Oh, interesting. Okay? Yeah. In reds. In reds. The only reason it isn't higher is because I love the taste of alcohol. Because there is reds that exist with a higher alcohol content that give me that little bit extra oh so that's literally the only reason that it's not hitting up higher then overall out of everything i've drank it's going to be easily a seven again so that makes it even higher than wicklow wolf i think i only give a six to wicklow wolf mm. when overall and then drinkability i'd give it either like a 7.5 maybe or an eight i couldn't go justify a nine like it did with wicklow wolf that was some easy drinking stuff that yeah. was nice yeah that was just uh, flowing back definitely drank it faster than the franciscan while right Rebel Wedge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebel Wedge. Yeah. Definitely more than Franciscan Well Rebel Red. But I, I think I would feel it in the in the stomach. It, yeah. It, it does feel kind of heavier. Yeah. But yeah, so that is where we leave it for this week, Colin. We look forward to next week where we will be reviewing more beer and talking about some current affairs. It's a very simple program. If you agree, disagree, hate, or love any of our opinions on any of these beers or any of the topics feel free to reach out to us on the craft beer and current affairs instagram page we are also on the linkedin slide into my dms you can find us on instagram just simply search craft beer podcast and once again thank you to those who downloaded our last two episodes